This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Fly fishing is not an extreme sport. We all know that. My cousin is an ER doctor, and he's into experiences which give him an adrenaline rush. He doesn't fly fish. He used to heliski, and in fact, once he witnessed a guy behind him get buried in an avalanche. Holy cow. Oh, I know. Well, now he's into skydiving, and he's made hundreds of jumps. Fly fishing is not like that. It's not an extreme sport, but it has its dangers. We're going to talk about one of them today, and quite frankly, it sends chills down my spine that will likely give me a nightmare. Today, our topic is fly fishing and venomous snakes. Recently, one of our listeners alerted us to a post by a fly fisher from Washington, D.C., who got bit by a copperhead in Shenandoah National Park in Virginia. His name is Morgan, and we're going to talk about his experience and the issue of fly fishing in snake country. But first, I've got good news and bad news for anyone fishing in snake country. The good news is there's no such thing as a poisonous snake. Dave, isn't that encouraging? <laughs> oh, you crack me up. Oh. You are such the school mar, man. Oh, man. You are going to... You're going to get us all in line. I know. So good news, no <laughs> such thing. You really thing. are an academician. Oh, you know man, that? I know. So as I'm desperately trying to say, Dave, the good news is there's no such thing as a poisonous snake. The bad news is that there are venomous snakes, rattlers, copperheads, and cottonmouths, or water moccasins that you can stumble into as you are fly fishing. Well, of course, if you get bit by a rattlesnake... I'm sure you won't have any use for someone correcting you about the snake is venomous and not poisonous. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. that. That's true. One oh, of my best true. memories of, of a rattlesnake was when I was in high school. My last, it was actually the I last. I like the way you frame that. One of my best memories of a rattlesnake. <laughs> of I killing so, a rattlesnake. I have so many fond <laughs> memories as well. <laughs> so there are so many rattlesnakes, especially in South Dakota. And I went to high school in South Dakota, even though I grew up in North Dakota. But it was like the last week of our senior year. Well, my high school class was about 16 people. And about six or seven of us took off the week before and went to my grandparents' place. They lived along the Missouri River. And we spent like a night or two along the Missouri River as boys and girls. And one of the things we did was kill a rattlesnake. And it was so much fun to scare scare the other girls i think i killed oh, it i man. saw the rattlesnake it was a little chilly so it wasn't moving very fast so i i killed it with a rock and then and proceeded to ruin the rest of the girls weekend <laughs> oh what a great guy you are but i had a friend who was also in our class his name was daniel and he lived near the badlands of south dakota he tells a story of standing in one place and killing or shooting he said like nine or ten oh rattlers my. now he wow. probably was exaggerating a bit a bit but there's just so many rattlesnakes yeah. out there and in the summertime spring and summertime it's just it's a risk yeah yep it is so here's morgan's story that he posted about a month ago we're going to summarize this first for our listeners and then uh, we'll talk a little bit about it so here's the deal morgan and his buddies uh, loaded up from washington dc and headed to shenandoah national park 
uh, to fish for mountain brook trout. Well, that sounded like it started out well. Yeah. So it sounded like it was a perfect day for fly fishing. The high was in the mid 80s and it was overcast, which is also really perfect for fly fishing. And they hiked in a few, a few miles and started to fish. Now, this is where Morgan sounds like me because he says he likes to move very quickly when he fishes small water. And his partner hates him. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So he soon bunny hopped by his friends. I may have done that a time or two to you, Dave. And he started fishing with a a size 16 high-vis parachute Adams. There were bugs all over the water. Uh, eventually switched to a royal wolf, but within an hour, he had already caught about a dozen brookies. Sounds Man, like, like a good that. day, doesn't it? Yep. Then he switched to a copper john and caught another half dozen. And if you're saying, well, hey, just get to the point. Well, no, this is the point. This is fly fishing. We, <laughs> exactly. we, we've got to talk about all these details. <laughs> anyway, when it's when it was about 1130 in the morning, it started to drizzle, and Morgan thought, okay, it's time to find my friends. So, and that's really when the day turned upside down as he was walking away from the river and back to the trail he stopped because he thought he saw some poison ivy and he was wet wading so he had no waders you know no no chest waders on he was wearing actually shorts and when he lifted his foot to sidestep to his left he felt a quick tingle and then when he fe- set his foot down he felt the tingle again and then he saw it a coiled copperhead snake looking very angry oh man <laughs> that just makes you sick yeah, doesn't it, does. it well he says that he freaked out at that absolutely. point absolutely I, mean, I would have freaked yeah. out yeah he threw his rod to the ground then he grabbed it and started sprinting to the trail yelling for his friends he found them a quarter mile or so down that's the river that's a long way yeah it really is because i'm sure it wasn't a direct you know no. path to his friends no not at all wow he said man. that Shortly after the bite, he could feel the venom go up his leg. Man, what does that feel like? I cannot imagine. And his inner leg and thigh got super tight. It was difficult to walk. And by the time his buddies rushed him to the ER, he could barely walk and his leg was almost numb. Oh, my. So when Morgan wrote this post, he said that the last few days have been a blur. I've been in and out of the doctor's offices, out of work for a few days, and the pain is the most intense thing I've ever experienced. I still can't really move my foot or put any weight on it. My foot is almost doubled in size with swelling, and I have bruises up and down my left leg. Almost every time I stand up, blood rushes to my foot, and my whole leg tingles or goes numb. It's the most painful 30 seconds I've ever experienced, and tremendously uncomfortable. The doctors told me I'll be off my foot for at least a week, and the swelling could last a month. Holy cow, oh, I have never heard about the pain, oh. like the after pain that he's experienced. You know, I, oh, yeah. I've heard that, yeah, don't get bit by a venomous snake, but I've never heard about this kind of pain. That is oh. that is crazy. This is this is actually very new to me. Oh, I know. It really is. Yeah, we've uh, we've had some, we've seen some snakes when we're fishing, but we haven't had, we, we've not been bit, for which we're thankful. But... Uh, Dave, what precautions then, this is what we want to get at today, what are some precautions that uh, that we can and that we do take in snake country? The first, I think, is to simply watch your step. And I know this is patently obvious, and for me, this is probably harder than it is for you because I'm just, I mean, I'm just all about fishing. Well, and I'm I the just same don't way. think about it, even in I think about country. it for the first five minutes. and then Yeah, yeah. and then I'm off doing something yeah. else. So I think this is excruciatingly difficult to do. 
you know, that's what Morgan said, you know, to watch where you step. Yet, as we've said, it's just so tough to stay focused in snake country all day long as you're you're fishing. It's just easy to let your 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 guard down. Oh, I know. And sometimes snakes are not in the places you expect them to be. Dave, I don't know if I've ever told you this story before, but when uh, we years ago we were back in Ekalaka, Montana. That's uh, in the southeastern part of the stream state. Stream southeastern part. You can you can. It's not the end of the world, but you can see it from there. There's I a think. lot of great actually by there. There's a lot of great dinosaurs excavated. That's right. From there, right. There's well, t- like the Triceratops. Or yeah. Some, actually, well, it's a great dig place for digs. A lot of good whitetail and mule deer hunting oh, there too. It is. It's the abomination of desolation in terms <laughs> yeah, of country. That's true. Because there's no mountains there. No. It's just rough, rough, no. high, almost high desert. Oh yeah. But we were driving back from there, and we stopped at a rest area in near Mile City, Montana. This is right off the interstate, and uh, we we got out, used the restrooms, and and I knew it was snake country. There might have even been a few signs "Stay on the paved paths," which we did. And when we got back to the vehicle, my mom was, uh, uh, she says, "Oh boy, we had a close call." Well. Uh, she's walking along the path from the restroom to the vehicle with my uh, daughter Erin, who's then only about two and a half years old, maybe not even two and a half, but she's over two. And she said, you know, when you're walking with kids, sometimes they'll they'll bend over or they'll stop or something. And she felt Erin bend over, and she's looking and she sees Erin pointing to and about ready to touch a little rattlesnake. What? Yeah. What? And and they're the worst kind. The small, the the younger snakes. They haven't learned to control their venom. And my mom screamed, and I don't know I, why I didn't hear it. I must have been in the, the the vehicle or the restroom or something. But she said she screamed it, and the snake uh, uh, glided away. Holy cow! Yeah. I have not heard that also about smaller rattlesnakes. <clears throat> yeah, and and it's small snakes in in general. In fact, I have a friend who's. Uh, who's um, uh, a Navy surgeon, and he was over in Afghanistan uh, recently, and he said that uh, uh, he, he treated a guy who, who or, or I don't know if he treated him, but the guy came into their, I don't know what you call it, a clinic or whatever, who was, was just working in a warehouse, and he was wearing flip-flops, and, and uh, he, he got bit by a snake. It was Holy a small cow. one, and and, and he said the same thing. He said, yeah, that the smaller snakes haven't learned to control their venom. So, yeah, that's not just a rattler thing. But, uh, yeah, the, the, point, the point I was trying to make, though, is, is wow, you, you never know. Uh, I mean, right there off of a paved path, you don't have to be, you know, tromping in the weeds to uh, run into a snake. Which makes that first point which is, you know, watch where you stand, yeah. almost an impossible thing to oh. do in some ways. I know. You, like you said, you really have to concentrate, and, and, and it's often after that first little bit where you're, you're focused, but throughout the day you've got to be aware. You know, I, I remember, too, my grandpa in Pennsylvania telling me a story about a, a friend of his who was fishing with his grandson, and, and he... He, he said this guy said that uh, his little grandson complained to him that that worms were crawling all over him and you know they were bait fishing of course and he's sitting there and his grandpa was maybe 20 yards away so the grandpa came back and here it was baby copperheads there were about five or six of them that were crawling all over Holy him cow, so that's just that's crazy oh i know it so yeah watch where you step 
Uh, here's a second one. Wear the appropriate footwear. So Morgan said, wear closed-toed shoes. And didn't you get the impression, Dave, as you read that, that one of the bites was on his foot? So he must have been wearing some I kind of... I wonder if he was wearing wading yeah, sandals. Yeah, wading sandals, something like that. You know, you have a pair of wading sandals. I don't. Um, mm -hmm. And mostly because I just didn't want to purchase another yeah. pair of wading mm -hmm. shoes. But maybe... Maybe it's better just to, if you're going to wet wade, to wear your wading boots. Oh, I know. There's something about that. And and even waders. Remember when we fished 16 Mile about three oh, yeah. years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a warm day. But it we was wore, 90, 92 degrees. Yeah, it was. Well, we wore waders anyway because it, it's not like they're made of Kevlar. But, you know, they're loose, and maybe they would prevent a snake's fangs from penetrating your flesh. It just it gives just, you a layer yeah. of protection. It's not a promise that, you know, it's, right. it's not going to yeah. affect you. But remember when we drove in there, there was a rattlesnake mm -hmm. that had just been killed on mm -hmm. the, on the yeah, road on that's that, right. on that, bench, uh, that bench road that, mm -hmm. that we took yep. in there. So, yeah, wearing wading boots, though, could be a good alternative, even if you're, you're still wet wading. But uh, wear the boots, and then you can get those little neoprene uh, socks, which, uh, hey, don't expect that they're really going to seal around your calf. and You're, you're still going to get water down in those, but uh, that's, a, that's a good option um, you know, in terms of if, if you had a snake strike at your foot. Right. It's uh, just another layer of protection. Yep. By the way, when I was out in Colorado recently, I realized I had, for, I had mm. forgotten my, my, uh, those, those neoprene socks, yeah. so I purchased mm -hmm. another yeah. pair of them, and I... Again, now I have three pair, <laughs> yeah, but wow. I needed them. I and I and I was glad that I had them because yep. I was actually doing some hiking where there could have been rattlesnakes mm -hmm. up yeah. in, in Rocky Mountain National Park. Well, that's a good thing. So we're talking about precautions we take in snake country. First of all, uh, watch where you step. Uh, second, wear the appropriate footwear. Uh, what else, Dave? The third is to bring along a waiting staff and and I'm a, Steve was the first mover on this or the early adopter of waiting staffs I it took me a while before I purchased one but I, I but I have and interestingly when I was just in Rocky Mountain National Park I took it with me and when I did the hike uh, to the Roaring River it was about this mile mile and a half it was actually about a mile and a half up and then a mile and a half back and one of the things I noticed is that when I'm using a waiting staff I, I'm actually probably more focused on the ground That's a great than I point. normally focus yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, because you got to find a place to put your waiting staff down. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think having a waiting staff obviously if if it gives you more focus on the ground is where you're placing mm -hmm. that thing that's a yeah. good thing and mm -hmm. also in a sense it's a you know you it, you could ward off something with a yeah, with that waiting exactly. staff. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, great point. So something else, too, this may seem obvious, but it's not to some people, especially uh, <laughs> teenage not. boys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, fourth, don't mess with a snake if you find it. Yeah, we can just reference your, your high school story. <laughs> yeah. But, hey, our friend Bob, uh, Bob is the guy that alerted us to this story about Morgan that we've been reflecting on. And Bob said this. He said, this weekend, my wife and I were walking our dog around Lake Arrowhead outside Luray, Virginia, and came across, here we go, two boys, 12 and 13 years old. <laughs> there was a copperhead on the side of the trail, and they were trying to catch it in their fishing net. Oh, my. Oh, can you believe it? I, I told them they should leave it be, and then I said, I just read about a guy who got bit by a copperhead the other day. It's no joke. You know, he's talking about this story about Morgan. 
They had been messing with the snake for a while, and when we came up, the copperhead, and it was a copperhead, not a water snake, was coiled and riled up. We told them to leave it be, and they left to join their family, and we went back the way we came. Holy cow! <laughs> oh, man. He may have saved one of their lives. Oh, I know. Or at it's least true. prevented a lot of pain. Oh, that's so true. By the way, Dave, a few weeks ago, I drove through Morris, Pennsylvania, uh, where I lived as a preschooler. Uh, they have an annual rattlesnake <sighs> hunt, and, and I can still hear the pen full of rattlers. I was like three, four years old. That's a loud sound. Oh, man, it is. I have a cousin who lives in the area, and he actually hunts them, and he says the regulations are very specific, and you can only kill one a year. By the way, everybody has a little bit different view on this, but... Uh, I, I don't think that you know we just have to kill every venomous snake that we uh, that we find, um, but we, we boy we certainly have to be aware and and I, I guess if they're in you know if they're in very populated areas that's a little bit different. But when you're back fly fishing, I mean it's a little bit like grizzly bears. I mean you, you just have to share the territory with yeah, you them. You just need to be aware, right? Exactly, you're yeah. entering into their world. And now we're going to take just a moment and talk about our sponsor, Dr. Squatch Soap Company. Dave, as you know, I'm not a coffee drinker. I must have a mutant gene. You so are a mutant. I know. Uh, there's something strange about me. I mean, I've got a couple grandkids, little kids, who like coffee, and I, I don't. I never grew up. I, I, I have a mutant gene. But my uh, pick-me-up in the morning is not a cup of coffee. It's a nice hot shower. And I really enjoy uh, showering now that I've, uh, even more, that I'm using uh, Dr. Squatch soap. And uh, we've talked a little bit about the soap before. It's fantastic. Yep. But I love the shampoo. The shampoo and conditioner, man, it is, feels great. It smells so uh, clean and fresh. And I have to confess that uh, I'm about to run out, and they, they've sent us free samples of soap. But I'm going to pay uh, my own money to get uh, another bottle of shampoo and then another bottle of conditioner. It's just worth it. I'm sorry that I have now this image of you taking a shower. Uh, I really didn't want that. Hey, if you jump on the website, you can get 20% off by using the two guys promo, two guys, and just put that little uh, promo code in the, in the box in the field and, and fill up your cart with product. And I think you'll be really, really happy with Dr. Squatch. All natural, made in the USA, no harsh chemicals. So go to drsquatch.com. Put in the promo code and enjoy your shower. And now, back to our podcast. All right. In the unfortunate event that you get bit, what should you do, Dave? Well, well we've talked about this before, and mm -hmm. you know, we just simply get the info from Mayo Clinic. And, and they That's say, right. if possible, here are some steps uh, while waiting for, for medical help. And that's probably the key moment is yeah. get there as fast as possible. But while you're waiting, as first as... Well, and they they always say, remain calm and move beyond the snake's <laughs> striking distance. Yeah, you th think that's pretty obvious, but, but I don't you know, know. Maybe sometimes you have to say these yeah, things. Yeah, and if you're panicked, I mean, you get struck. It's uh, wow. All right, so the first is remain calm and move beyond the snake's striking distance. Right. The second is, and this makes complete sense, remove jewelry and tight clothing before you start to swell. Yeah, yep. The third is to position yourself, if possible, so that the bite is at or below the level of your heart. And then the fourth is clean the wound, but don't flush it with water. Now, that's interesting. That is. Yeah, huh. it is. And huh. what does clean the wound? It says cover it with a clean, dry dressing. Yeah. By the way, as I look at my 
what I carry by either was well, it's either a fly vest or my satchel. Usually it's my satchel. I don't know that I have anything mm. that would be clean mm-hmm. that I yeah. could actually put over that. That's true. Sometimes I carry one of those uh kind of those red handkerchief bandana yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. that might work. Yeah, that might work. Yeah. And so they continue, they, you know, the caution, there's a couple of cautions that, that Mayo adds here. One is not to use a tourniquet or apply ice. You know, I think that's because tourniquets would concentrate the venom and, and thus the, the blood and tissue damage would be huh. very concentrated to a certain area. Another caution is not to cut the wound or attempt to remove the venom. So you don't need a snake bite kit, or uh, Dave, you'll be relieved if you get bit. I won't use the old cut and suck method. <laughs> that just sounds oh, wrong. I know it does. Just think, but I do remember years ago oh, that it was you yeah. put a little X over the yeah, the cut mm-hmm, and you, you suck out the venom. Yeah, I would be willing to make the X cut with my pocket knife on your leg, Dave. But, but that's where you draw the line. That's right. You're gonna have to suck out the venom. But no, no, seriously, do not do that for, uh, yeah, it's just not, just not sanitary. It's not going to help. It's going to make the situation worse. Another caution is not to drink caffeine or alcohol, which could speed up your body's absorption of venom. Generally, that's not a problem when so you're no, out fly fishing. No Starbucks run on the way <laughs> no to the Starbucks emergency room, ex- huh? Exactly. <laughs> another is another caution is 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 not to try to capture the snake. Again, do you have to say this? But I think you do. Yeah. Try to mm-hmm. remember its color and shape so you can describe it, which which will help you in your treatment. That makes sense. So, man, with all these things, uh, so much of this is just plain common sense, right? Yeah, yeah, it really is. And, There's and a even few counterintuitive we, tips yeah, there. And even though we've laughed, we've had a little fun, little humor. I mean, this is a serious topic. It is topic serious, yeah, and, for sure. And, uh, yeah, we, we want to be careful ourselves and to help uh, all of you be careful. So... Bottom line is that fly fishing in snake country requires alertness, precaution, and uh, common sense if you get bit, and we, we hope that you won't. Well, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. This is from Jason in our podcast on one fine day on the Madison at the Bear Trap Canyon. Oh, we love Bear Trap oh, Canyon. we do. He says, first, I want to say that I love the podcast. I'm a huge fan, so thanks, Jason. He said, this podcast in particular was so enjoyable. The first time I ever fly fished was in 1998. How is that 20 years ago already? When a friend introduced both fly fishing and the bear trap during the spring semester of my freshman year at MSU. That fateful day ensured that my engineering education would take six and a half years (laughs) instead of the typical four because the Mother's Day caddis hatch is usually right around finals week. Yep, it is. Yes. And I took about 40 credits that had nothing to do with civil engineering (laughs) and everything to do with trout fishing. I drove my advisor crazy. To any current students minoring in trout bum, I would recommend the Intro to Entomology course and the Yellowstone Wildlife Ecology class was cool, but all those fluid dynamic uh, courses uh, really didn't pay off like I thought, so steer clear. <laughs> Thank you for sharing these great memories and sparking some great ones of my own. Oh, what so, a great... Yeah, well, thank you, Jason. That's a, that's a, good, that's a good point. I am taking my, my youngest son, so I have four children. Corey will be a senior this next year in high school, and I'm actually having him fly out at the end of our fly fishing trip to visit Montana State University. He wants to do environmental engineering. Uh, it's so <laughs> yeah. selfish. Well, yeah, I'd like for him to be right. out there. 
Oh, I know it. I so know. he can minor in trout yeah, bum too. Man, you know, is something else that comment by Jason reminds me of when I was in high school. I, I well, and I still do. I have this literature bent. I'm more of a social sciences guy than the hard sciences, and I. I, I took as little as I could, and I wish now that I would have taken more biology and more physics because, uh, man, we learn, uh, boy, uh, fly fishing is all about biology. It's all about entomology. It's all about physics. Yeah, well, casting, uh, fly casting is yeah. all about letting that rod load and oh, do the work it, for you. It really is. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess fly fishers, uh, hey, yeah. take, take your take science Take the hard courses. courses. That's yeah. right. Well, that's going to do it for today. What wisdom do you have to offer fly fishers who fish in venomous snake country? And not poisonous snake right, country. Right, or even if there are poisonous snakes. <laughs> uh, please tell us by commenting on this podcast link at twoguysinariver.com. What precautions do you take when fly fishing in areas with rattlesnakes, copperheads, or water moccasins? And thank you for referring our podcast to your TU chapter or fly fishing club or your friends. We mention this every time because it is so important and it's how we've grown. We're so grateful for your trust and please continue to do that. Also, if you have any ideas for future podcast episodes, we take all those very seriously and just reach out to us on Instant Messenger or jump onto Instagram or find us on Twitter. One more thing, if you haven't yet, and I can't believe if you haven't yet purchased the book, I'd be deeply disappointed in you deeply hurt deeply right. hurt deeply if you've hurt. not yet purchased yep. the fly fisher's book of lists <laughs> life is short catch more fish please do so on amazon well thanks again for listening i'm steve matthewson and i'm dave getz until next time we are two guys in a river for the love of fly fishing and not venomous snakes and not poisonous snakes either <laughs>